couple of weeks ago, I began a series called The Beginning of Wisdom. We were trying to lay a foundation of our knowledge of who God is so that we could live in a proper way based on the wisdom that God gives to us in a world that has lost its mind. We need wisdom in a world that has lost its mind. And I began to put together a formation of thought that wisdom, according to Scripture, is not tied to your knowledge. It is not tied to your level of education. It is tied directly to the ability that you have to love and fear and reverence the Lord. Your wisdom is tied to your fear and reverence of the Lord. We've come to understand as we examine people's attitudes toward God that you realize that even in the church, this particular scripture in Hosea was aimed at those that knew God when it says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. In other words, we have a faulty view of who God is, what he does, how he works, his thoughts, and as a result of that, we are in danger of being destroyed because of our lack of knowledge of who he is. And today I really want to spend just a few minutes, and I'm not going to have a chance to get through this whole message. In fact, I hope I can make it through one point, which has kind of been the tendency the last few weeks. We've been kind of making through this at a point at a time. For those of you that are joining us online, I'm so grateful that you're here. But we understand then from this that many people are unable to have a healthy relationship with God because they do not understand what he is like. Briefly, we have looked over the last couple of weeks at some of the qualities of God so that we can have a basis of understanding who he is. And the first thing we looked at in the first week was God is not human. God is not human. And we live in a world that anthropomorphizes God. In other words, we, we see language in Scripture that, that assigns human characteristics to our divine God. And as a result of that, we, even in the church, we have begun to develop a theology or an understanding of God and how I will worship Him based on the fact that we, we, we see Him functioning as a human being. This is why people can be confused about their knowledge of God and struggle in their relationship because they keep reducing God to human traits. And our God is not human. And if you do that, if you, if you lower the divinity of God into a human category, then you're going to have the same relationship problems with God that you have with other people. So we have to start with the truth about who God is. And we can't end in truth unless we start with the fact that our God is not human. And I am grateful for that today. The second week, we kind of got into, so what are some of the, the essential characteristics of, of who he is and what he does? We talked about God is love. God doesn't love. God is love. It's his essential nature. And he'll never violate his essential nature. He is committed to us, not because he feels it today and doesn't feel it tomorrow, but because God made a decision, and he is committed eternally to that decision that he loves us unconditionally, which means he doesn't need reasons to love us. I'm grateful for that as well. Then we moved into the aspect of the goodness of God. So we say God is good, and when we say that, we are understanding it to mean that God is benevolent. When we say that he is benevolent, it means that he is abundantly generous, a gr generously gracious. 
And Jesus is saying that God is absolute goodness. He's absolute benevolence. And it's important that we buy into this proposition that only God is good. There is no goodness outside of God because when we understand the goodness of God, that he alone is good, then we understand that if we move away from God, then we are moving away from goodness. And that is true in your life. And that is true in your family. And that is true of us as a nation. And it's true of our world. So to move away from him means that any decisions that we make apart from him are not good decisions. And today I want to talk to you briefly about wisdom in our choices. How do we wisely make decisions as it relates to our life? And I want to jump back to the theme verse that we have in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 that states this, the fear of the Lord... And that fear can also be the reverence of the Lord or acknowledging God in everything we do. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the introduction. It's the initiation into how we can be people of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I mentioned to you last week that I was going to talk about this. And I want you to, if you're jotting down some notes, you can jot this down. The quality of your thinking determines the quality of your choices and the quality of your choices ultimately determine the quality of your life let me repeat that the quality of your thinking determines the quality of your choices and the quality of your choices determine the quality of your life so if you want to change the quality of your life you must change the way that you think but that's not always easy to convince people that their thinking is wrong. Have any of you ever tried to correct somebody that did not want to be corrected? So God is letting us know that we who are involved in his kingdom, who have a relationship with him, we can have a clear vision of reality. And we, in that clear vision, understand that the world works differently than we who are a part of his kingdom. In fact, the world lies within the realm of the evil one, we are told, we are told in 1 John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. And it says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Look at your neighbor and say, God has given you understanding. I don't think some of you believe that. And he has given us understanding so that the rest of the verse said, so that we may know him who is true. So in our desire to know truth, in our desire to know what is the right way to live, how do we make right decision, it is foundation. The foundation of it all is knowing him who is true. So we are living in a world right now that God has planted us in, he chose not to remove us from here yet, although that day is coming. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. But in the middle of this world, we are living in a situation where those that don't know him are driven by five principles. The reality of our world is that the world system is driven by force, by greed, by selfishness, by ambition, and by pleasure. Everything that takes place around us that are outside of Christ are driven by one of these principles. 
And it is in this world of competing entities that we live and we make our decisions. And we who have accepted Christ as our Savior and have been transformed from death unto life on the truth that comes from knowing Him have a different way of thinking because of Jesus. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. It's okay to be alive in the house of the Lord today. So, when we've entered into relationship with God, He provides for us an enormous advantage that the world does not have. And we find out about this in James chapter 1, verse 5. When He says, If any of you, if any of you lack wisdom... He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Let me share with you a little bit that will help you understand the power of this verse as it relates to us today. When this was written to the church, they were in the middle of a persecuting time that was scattering the church everywhere. In fact, as I was doing a little history on this, it began to reveal to me that it's not unlike what I believe is about to happen to the American church that we are about to enter into a time of great persecution and the Lord is letting us know that even though that is coming, I want you to know there is a wisdom to you that's available that the world doesn't understand. It can't give you and it cannot take it away. And so I understand the conditions and he said, I just want you to know I'm going to give you generously the wisdom to make right decisions that will affect the quality of your faith in the Lord which will then affect the quality of your life. So James is speaking this in the conditions of a time that were difficult, which leads us to this question. Why trust God's wisdom? Why trust God's wisdom? One of the most helpful things that I have learned about the Christian life is that all sin begins in our thoughts. All sin begins in our thoughts. The Bible often calls this our heart as well. Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of a man's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, Envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evil come from inside and make a man unclean. In other words, nobody commits an outward sin without it first having been committed in their mind. It started there. It started in their thoughts. Which leads us then to understand that in our battle for making wise decisions, in our battle of, of the mind, and in our battle of the faith, we understand then that the wisdom of the Lord has to start within our thought processes. It starts in our ability to lay our mind before God and say, Lord, I need you to cleanse. I need you to change my thoughts. I need you to focus my attention on the things that I need to do so that I don't commit sin in my mind first that then is acted out within my behavior. And we have to know this about ourselves. Why then should we trust God's wisdom? In Isaiah chapter 55, for those of you that may have your Bibles, you might want to turn to that, or if it's on your devices, you can look at it. 
In verses 8 and 9, there is this marvelous passage of Scripture, and I would like you, just as you're reading it with me, to notice how God contrasts his thoughts and our thoughts through all of it. The Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my Ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. I love this comparison because we represent those that are living in an earthly realm. And we live here and we work on the earth. We see things around us. But the Lord is saying, I want you to know how much different the things that I see are than yours. You see the heavens up there that just go and go and go. And we don't know how many hundreds of millions or billions of galaxies are out there. He goes, that's the difference in the way that I see things versus the way you see things. My perspective and my wisdom is that much greater than yours is. Now, how many of you have ever flown on an airplane? It's amazing that when you begin to take off, suddenly what you're used to seeing in your own backyard, the perspective changes as the landscape changes. The higher you get, the greater you are to see. And so here God is telling us that the ability to draw wisdom from him comes from a perspective that he has of the heavens that are higher than our own earth. And he says, that's why you can trust my wisdom. So the first reason we trust God is because his wisdom has greater perspective than ours does. Did you know that the word provision is based on the root word vision? One of the more commonly recognized biblical names of God is Jehovah Jireh. How many of you have ever prayed, oh, Jehovah Jireh, I need you to be my provider today? We recognize that, how that works within that. The phrase for Jehovah Jireh is the Lord will provide or God is our provider. The word provide means to pre-see. It comes from the Latin word providere, which means to foresee or to provide for ahead of time. So God is able to provide because he pre-sees where he wants to lead us and how he wants to work within our life. His perspective is different than ours. And so because his ways are higher than ours, the things that we bog down in, he's not bogged down in because he's already seen the other side. And in the middle of all of this, we understand that because, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, because he has all knowledge, he's omniscient, he never arrives at stages of knowledge. There's nothing that God is learning. He knows it all. And as a result of that, the information that he has as it relates to our life and our ability to make decisions, he's already got all the information he needs. Knows where he's leading. The problem with our flawed humanity is our inability to see beyond the now. We are so limited in our vision. We are so nearsighted and short-sighted that we cannot see beyond the very thing that we are facing right now. And so we are preoccupied and often worried and anxious about the problems and the challenges that we see in the right now that our faith is shaken and our trust in God is weakened through that. However, God with his ability to see things that we do not see, to pre-see our life, recognizes that the very things that we are wrestling with and that we are struggling with in the right now, God is already far down the road at work about those things. He has pre-seen what's going on. He is at work providing before you ever get there. It's the provenient grace of God, which means God is at work on the other side of the mountain before you ever even get there. 
Never do you arrive at a place in life that God hadn't got there first when you're walking in obedience to him. And so in the middle of what you're going through, we're looking at the right now. God is looking at the not yet. He has moved the problem from your not yet to the by the time you get there, it will be a no longer because the prevision of God has been ahead of you and he's at work for you before you get there. And that is the wisdom by which he leads us from a different perspective. So great are his thoughts, so high are his ways that he leads us there. The difficulty that we come in contact with is this. God wants to make a movie of your life. He's already seen the beginning and he's seen the ending. Some of you, however, are locked into a snapshot of time. Rather than letting the Lord move you from where you're at, you choose for whatever reason to take the most toxic moment of your life and you've built an identity upon that. And in that toxic moment, you have determined in your mind that this is who I am and this is who I will always be and nothing is ever going to change that. And all of the decisions that you make about your life are based on a toxic snapshot in time. And that is the enemy at work within you because you have let Satan tell you that you are nothing more than the product of this moment of your past. And you've gotten stuck on that past image of your life and your mind has believed it and as a result any of the decisions that you make have been based on that image but with God's wisdom listen to me with God's wisdom you must move from that still picture that you have locked yourself into in a moment of time and enter into the movie the video that God is creating of your life because he has pre-seen your deliverance he has pre-visioned your setting free he has been at work in this all along and Satan's chains will drop off of you when you tap into the wisdom of God and your decisions will be different because he has pre-seen his provision for your deliverance. With God's wisdom, you can step into the life that he desires from you and he wants to reframe that image in your mind as he has reframed your soul from death to life at your conversion. How many of you have ever changed your mind? It's okay, you can admit it. Every woman raised their hand. You know why we change our mind? Because we got more information. We changed our mind because we discovered new truth. Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a Christian neuroscientist. And she has focused her studies on the ability of the brain to learn and to think. And a large part of her research in recent years has been linked to the scientific principles with scripture supporting what scientists are learning. She stated, the more that we learn about the brain, the more science is finally catching up with the Bible. Her passion is to help people see the link between the science of the brain and scripture as a tangible way of controlling their thought life and emotions so that they can think and learn and find their purpose in life by letting God move them from places they've been locked in to what he wants to accomplish in their life. And so as a brain scientist, 
Dr. Carolyn Leaf looks at Romans chapter 12 too in a vastly different way than I'd ever seen it before. When the scripture says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, after the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, it's after the transformation of what takes place that God, working in your mind, changing the way you think about yourself and about him, then you will finally have a pool from which you can draw the wisdom that you need to make the decisions that change the quality of your life with God. Now, as a scientist... She explains that many Christians have an unhealthy relationship with God because they lock themselves into toxic moments of time and they don't think they can escape from them. Or they will never get over a toxic attitude in their relationships with others due to their past or their family history or the way they see themselves. And these toxic thoughts are the result of bad choices. And so many end up living out their whole walk with God, limiting their growth potential because they stay in the shadow of their past and have locked into one moment to say, it's never going to get any better than this. But the moment that you encounter Jesus Christ, the moment that you yield your life to him as Savior, something takes place within your brain. There is a newness that has arrived at for you. In fact, it tells us about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, she is a new creation. Now, from the scientific perspective of this, Dr. Leaf goes into, frankly, I, was, I only could read a couple of pages at a time because it's so deep and my mind so shallow. But what she described is the ability of the Holy Spirit to recreate the way that you think. That in this new creation, not only does he take your sins and throw them as far as the east is from the west, but he changes the way your brain works so that you now can be attuned to what the Holy Spirit says to you. And there was a diagram of new development within the brain. That from the moment you've been recreated, it's as if there are new trees of understanding that begin to grow because you are a new creature. And these trees of understanding are attuned to the voice of God and the Word of God. And there was pictures of images of, of when people were meditating on the Word as if wind was blowing through the breeze of these new trees of thought as God restores and renews and helps you think brand new ways. So great is the power of our God to transform our minds that He did not leave our brain out of the renewing process. I don't know about you, but that made me pretty excited. So the same power of God that was expressed in the creation of man in the beginning is re-expressed in the recreation of those of us who have come to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Recreated. And that's all I'm going to get to today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And as they do, let me just, let me just share this with you. 
What happens from this moment forward is that your discipline will define you. If, if we who are children of God will discipline ourselves to focus on what God's word says and make that the foundation for every action and every word and interaction in our marriages and our families, the way that we work. If we, will, if we will do that, then you will find the redefinition of the way that you think because your discipline will feed this aspect of you. And what you feed into your mind is going to show up in your decisions and in your thinking. Whether you know it or not, your choices and your attitudes don't lie. Whatever you are feeding your heart, your mind, and your spirit will show up in your attitudes. It will show up in your choices. And our thought life forms the basis largely for what we will be revealed as to what we have placed within us. Let me just give you this to jot down. I may next week be able to expand upon it a little bit more. I don't know. I have something else planned for next week. But You are only as wise as the counsel around you. You are only as wise as the counsel around you. This is why we tell our young people all the time, this is the value of children's ministries and youth ministries so that people can be surrounded with experience and wise counsel in some very turbulent times of life and those don't end just because you leave teenage years so maybe somebody here today I'm just would you stand with me please maybe somebody here today is you've just been in, in a struggle of some decisions you're wondering where do I turn and who do I turn to would you be wise in those that you allow to speak into your life and counsel you in some areas this is why I said it's, it's one thing for us to have acquaintances that are in the world that don't know Christ, but our closest friendships, our closest advisors need to be people that can kneel down at an altar with us, that have an eternal perspective and an understanding of who God is and how he works within our lives. So, Lord, we just come right now. And I ask that you would take this information. I'm, I am certain, I feel it into my heart, that somebody today needs to move from a snapshot into the movie that you're making. That the prevision, the pre-seeing of our God leads them into the, wise, the wiseness, the wisdom of who you are and what you want to accomplish. So Lord, as we sing this course, would you begin to do a work within us? In Jesus' name. Let's sing this together.
I just ask you to close your eyes for a moment. How many of you here today say, Pastor, I just, I just need to move from a, a destructive snapshot into what God wants to do in my life? Would you just raise your hands so I can pray for you? Oh, across this room. Across the room. Lord, as we desire to raise the quality of our relationship with you, we understand that that changes by the quality of our thinking and the choices that we make or determine the quality of our life. So Lord, would you do a work within our mind? Would you transform it? Bring new aspects of our brain to life that will move us from the change that Satan has kept us in into the new ways that we can think about what it means to be set free and newly created so that we can then walk and work within your design for us. For you have pre-seen the pathway that we're on. You've pre-seen the answers to prayer. You've pre-seen these. And so our wondering what is next has already been accomplished by you. Our not yet is your already. And we lay hold of that today in Jesus' name. I pray your blessing on your people. May we walk and flourish in the love and fear and respect that we have for you as we grow in our knowledge of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen.